Welcome to the Daily Devotion with Pastor Terry Reynolds. It's so good to be with you today as we continue along in the Gospels. We're today in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15, as we read here in verse number 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Of course, after this, after his time that he had spent there in Capernaum, he started to head south. If you got your Bible map handy, or if you could picture this, Capernaum was up in the northern part of the, of the Galilee region and the north part of the Sea of Galilee. And so he says when he went up to Jerusalem, of course, if you're going to Jerusalem from any direction, you go up because it's at a higher elevation from the valleys below as you travel up to Jerusalem. And so he was going for a feast of the Jews. Back in the book of Moses, um, book of Moses, the book of Exodus, it describes for us in Exodus chapter 34 that there was three feasts that they would have each year, which everybody would go back to Jerusalem or gather together. At that time, they weren't going to Jerusalem, but they would gather together the to worship of the Lord, the Lord and really just kind of make a recommitment to the Lord what God had shown him. I think that's a marvelous thing to do. Uh, at best, we might call it our Thanksgiving times, a time where we can gather together and with our family and friends and just kind of make that recommitment to the Lord. And so the Lord Jesus, our Lord, went up to Jerusalem, and now there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool. Of course, the sheep gate was one of the gates uh, of, that were surrounding Jerusalem. There was a pool, which in is called in the Hebrew Bethsaida, having five porches. So you could picture this pool. It wasn't rectangular in shape where you would think a pool normally might be, but it was situated where there was five different porches. You know, over the years when I've had the, the joy to go over to Israel and certainly go into Jerusalem, they've now uncovered it where you're able to go exactly where this is at. It's an exciting place to to go and to visit. And if you have an opportunity to go to Israel, go. It's something to behold. In verse 3 we read, And these lay in a great multitude, sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. So the picture that we're seeing is on these five steps or these five porches, and there were steps that went down into the water, there were all these people who were hurting that the doctors couldn't heal. There's nothing that really could, you know, you know, that people could do to help these folks. So they were looking for help from the Lord. And so the, they were all gathered around these porches looking for the movement of water. I just think this is, again, one of those marvelous stories in the Bible where God steps into humanity and he helps the needs that are pre present here. It tells us in verse 4, it says, For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred the water. Then whosoever stepped in it first, after the stirring of water, was made well of whatever disease he had. So could you picture this? You're laying there, you're there, sick or hurting, and all of a sudden you notice the water trembling or stirring. As the angel of the Lord came down and just stirred the water. What a fa fantastic scene to behold. 
And it tells us there. Now, it tells us after they saw the stirring of the water in verse 5. Now, a certain man was there who had been had a firmity some 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? And so here's this man, some 38 years suffering with whatever infirmities he might have had. There are those commentaries would like to believe it was some sort of venereal disease that had led to his sickness, to his, his disease. We, uh, we don't really know for sure. But yet Jesus saw his need. Jesus saw this man hurting. And obviously, there were others there too. But he picked out this one man and he said, Do you want to be made well? I can imagine the excitement that was in that man. Is Of course, he would say, Of course, I want to be made well. That's why I'm here. And so the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But why I'm coming, while I'm coming, another steps down before me. What a picture. He said, I'm being cut off at the pass. I see the water stirring and I'm making my way down and Sue's about ready to step in the water. Somebody jumps right in front of me. You know, you can't blame the people for wanting to get down there in a hurry. But you also can hear the anguish within this man as he's communicating the Lord. He says, he says, I really want to be healed, but there seems to be no way that I could be healed. And so he tells us that Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well and took up his bed and walked. One thing I love about this story, it shows the Lord's ability to, to work and heal outside the box. See, the focus was, was when the angel came down and stirred the water, that's how we're going to be healed. But the Lord was simply saying, "Do you, if you believe that you're going to be healed, I'm able to heal you. And he says, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. And so he responded to the words of Jesus and just stood up and took up his bed. Don't you love that, that picture? Can you imagine the excitement that was in this man at this time where he's been healed and he took up his bed and walked? And he says, and that day was the Sabbath. Uh-oh. We'll be talking more about that in upcoming programs. It's the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Look at these guys. We used to have a name for these guys many years ago. We called them sin sniffers and flesh finders. They were always looking for a problem, looking for some way to accuse somebody of sinning, rather than rejoicing with this man that he's been healed for some 38 years, crippled, and now he's walking, carrying his bed, probably with a smile and a joy in his heart. But yet these guys were saying, who gave you the okay to carry that bed anyway? Who's the one that healed you? Don't you know it's the Sabbath? <laughs> and so as it goes on and he answered them, he says, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? They were looking to entrap somebody. 
for for working on the Sabbath day. And here in a few few more programs down the road, we're to talk about the importance of the Sabbath and what does the Sabbath mean. See, at this point, they got to a point where they had misinterpreted God's intent for the Sabbath day. As they look at it, and they, they say certainly the Sabbath was a day for rest. That's what we're taught in the Scriptures. But now they make it as such a, 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 a law where they had written volumes of books to try to interpret what uh, work was all, all about in order to keep the, the law of the Sabbath. And he says, who is this guy that allowed you to carry this bed and to take up your bed and walk? In verse 13, he says, but, one of the, but the one who was healed did not know who it was. Again, a beautiful work of Jesus. He healed this man. He didn't look to try to obtain some type of fame through this healing. This fact, this guy didn't know who he was. I think he was so thankful, so rejoicing that he was healed, that he was just doing what Jesus told him to do, to take up his bed and walk. But then as he goes on, he says, For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude of uh, uh, beings in that place otherwise as they were accusing this man, there started to be this huge crowd around the man that was healed, and Jesus just slipped out. And afterwards, Jesus found him, in verse number 14, in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. That's interesting, isn't it? Jesus was saying, don't sin anymore. Really what he's saying is don't continue in that lifestyle. You've been redeemed. Your life been changed by the gospel. Paul writes about this and as he calls us that we've been, as we've been born again, that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. The former things have been passed away. Jesus has said, don't go back to your old lifestyle. And I pray that none of you have gone back. A lot of times when discouragement comes at back, you go back to what has been familiar with you rather than trusting God through the difficult times. We've been currently at Agape Chapel. We've been going through the book of Exodus. And one of the things that was I found was interesting is you guys probably all know the story when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to receive the, the two tablets where God had written the Ten Commandments on, that as he was gone, it tells us there that he was gone some 40 days. The people, the people of Israel got discouraged because he wasn't around. Maybe he had left them. And he brought them all the way out here in the desert in order to die. And so they commissioned Aaron to build him uh, uh, gods, uh, gods that they knew about when they were in Egypt, gods that they could understand. So, of course, you know the story. Moses was gone, and so Aaron made a calf, and they were worshiping. In fact, he built an altar, and they sacrificed on the altars, and afterwards it said that they played and they worshiped. And when Moses came down, he was so grieved, he took those Ten Commandments and he threw it down at the base of the mountain and they were, they were all broken up. It's so easy 
when we have times of discouragement and we don't know exactly what to do, to fall back in what we do know, our flesh. May we learn from this to put our trust in God. I often think so often, as he says here in our verse, that their sins would be worse than before. Of somebody who falls back into drinking. Before he came to Christ, maybe they were an alcoholic. Maybe they were just ones that would drink after work, go to the bars with their friends, and and that was okay. But before they know it, they had their uh, bottles hidden in the garage or in the drawer or even at the desk at work. And But then they came s- saved and they gave that up. But then a time of discouragement comes and they f- fall back into drinking. And truly so often... Life becomes worse when we go back to it. May God keep us from returning back to our, as the dog dog would turn to his vomit. May we do not ever return to our old lifestyle. See, Satan will always tempt you in believing that is a comfort, our flesh. But it never paints the whole picture, does it? How about you, as we've been talking about alcohol, you know, certainly alcohol, the temptation, it's going to give you something, a, a pleasurable evening for a while. But it never, ever shows you what it's like the next day, does it? The emptiness, being hung over, your mind not clear. And Jesus is saying, don't go back to your old lifestyle. As he's telling this guy, he, he says, he says, take up your bed and walk. He, he's walking now. Jesus finds him and he says, see that you've been made well. And that's what the gospel does to us. It sets us free and it makes us whole. Do not go back. He says, lest the worst thing come upon you. In verse 15, he says, the, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus that had made him well. Isn't it amazing? I think he was so excited what had happened to him. Of course, these these Jews, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, were one that he was familiar with, that were the religious leaders of the day, and so he felt probably felt compelled that he ne- needed to go tell them about Jesus. But we'll be seeing them appear real shortly in our story as we move forward, as they'll be looking to bring accusations against Jesus for healing on the Sabbath day, for teaching on the Sabbath day, and how they'll discover that Jesus Christ is Lord of the Sabbath. Aren't we so glad that we've been set free by the gospel? And I pray that each and every one of us would remember how marvelous it is to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. May you walk in that this day as you go forward in the name of Jesus. So until next time, this is Pastor Terry. May God richly bless you. Thank you for taking part in today's program. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at terryreynolds at agapechapeloc.org Again, that's Terry Reynolds at agapechapeloc.org. Or you can write us at Agape Chapel, P.O. Box 4023, Huntington Beach, California, 92647. May God richly bless you.